This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze. And as many of you know, um, we set out on a plan very early in life. We know exactly what we want to do. You know that little boy that lived next door who said he wanted to be a fireman? Well, guess what he is today? He's an artist, not a fireman. Or the little girl who said, you know what? I'm going to be president of the United States someday. And maybe she's president of the PTA. But all things are good as long as we learn from them. My guest today is Marilyn Penny. And uh, Marilyn and I have been juggling our schedules to get together. So I'm really glad you're here today. And tell our listeners, you know, who you thought you were when you were younger and who you really are today. Thanks, Karen, for having me on. It's great to see you. Um, okay, so yeah, I wanted to piggyback a little bit on what you had said, because I was one of the girls that didn't have a clue. Uh, I think I wanted to be a ballerina when I was, you know, a, a little little girl, and I was I was just too big boned, I think is what they said. <laughs> too much baby hat, or, you know, one of these, I couldn't dance. I remember Louise Hay being told she couldn't dance, she couldn't draw, and you know, here we go. She danced, she drew, she did all kinds of wonderful sure. things. Um, I, you know, and, and then I think I wanted to be a vet when I was seven. And then I found out that that meant doing surgery and being a doctor and not, you know, I said, no, no, I don't want to do that. So I literally went through life just kind of being, and, and, and I also, you know, now that my daughter is in her late twenties, she was sort of going through this a similar thing. And certain kids that she hung around with knew exactly what they wanted to be. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a fireman. I want to be this. Um, some of those people did end up being going into those roles, but then you find out after so many years, they're like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Or they start mm -hmm. school and they go in that direction, and they. I, want to do that and even people I know that went through all, all of their schooling and then decided at the end they don't want to do that so it's very interesting how you how you sort of try to figure out who it is that you want to be and I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we have on our kids too what are you going to be when you grow up what are you going to be yeah. like I don't want to yeah. we're trying to live in the now <laughs> yeah. you know and that, I think we're just coming around to that now is just enjoy who you are in this moment and if you're going to be something else later on, that will, that will come, you know? Exactly. You know, yeah. it's funny when my, when I met my husband, um, he told me that his degree was in theater lighting. So he did four years in college, theater lighting. And when he was finishing his degree, they said to him, where do you plan on working? And he goes, well, here in Cleveland, they said, market saturated already. Um, you really need to go to New York and build your career. And he was a homebody. He didn't want to move away from Cleveland at all. This was where he wanted to be. And so after looking around, he decided, you know what? I can't use my degree. I could have if he would have moved, if he would have been a little bit more resourceful. Um, so instead, he went into photographic sales and he was using his lighting background to build his career. And I just, you know, back then when he told me about it, it was like, well, seriously, like, you know, 
you were young. You should have gone to New York. And his comment was, well, then I wouldn't have met you. And it was like, oh, ah. I'm glad you didn't go. <laughs> but yes. life changes us. Circumstances change us. And so as I read your bio, you know, it sounds like for 25 years, you were a stay-at-home mom. Um, and all of a sudden when that ended, you had to find yourself again. Is, am I correct? Well, I didn't, I didn't really stay at home. I, I tried to keep working. I ended up leaving a job and then I, I did end up sort of working from home so that I could be available for my daughter. So I did sort of always have a hand in. Um, and I think I was too afraid because I couldn't really be a stay at home mom, but I couldn't be a working mom either, like an outside the house working yeah. mom. Yeah. So I was one of those in the middle. And I would talk to women who were like very happy to potatoes and make dinner and I was and then the other ones that would leave their kids and go to work every day and I found that I couldn't be either and I you know I quickly within three months of having my my daughter I fell into depression but I just couldn't figure it out and they don't teach you that stuff right like I just feel like we're so un we're so ill prepared we are. to do anything <laughs> when we come out of school I'm like you make it look so easy make it sound so easy and it is not because we haven't taken the time to really understand who we are to understand what our actual gifts are remember doing you probably I'm sure everybody did this you fill out the form and maybe in high school or grade eight or something that says what what you like to do and it gives you like a hundred careers Right. Exactly. I could have been an aerospace engineer. I could have been, you know, a pilot or, an, a, you know, like all these silly things that they, that wasn't helpful. <laughs> that wasn't helpful at all. You know, I couldn't even decide where to go to university or if I should go to university. I mean, that was an expectation in my family. Was right. My brothers did not go. So you were going somewhere. You're doing so. Okay. Okay. And I took business because business was a nice, you know, general sort of thing my sister has a degree in arts I mean it's a general degree and you know you could do anything with that so yeah it's very it's very tricky <laughs> and I think and I think, think you it, get to yeah go ahead. and I think it's harder for the young people today because mm -hmm. they see the last two generations of people either getting a degree or getting a certification and trying to stay at that job for 25 or more years to put bread on the table and to have a roof over their head. And they're saying today, no, there's gotta be more than that. And I feel very lucky because I had two working parents and yet I never felt like I was deserted. My mother was still home every night about five, 5.30 made dinner. Uh, she did the grocery shopping. So in some ways she felt like a stay-at-home mom, even though she was out there working. Um, and I learned the benefits of what a working mom was. And so I knew when you know, I had my first child, yes, I wanted to stay home in the beginning. You know, I wanted to have that bonding time but I also knew that I was going to be restless. But the people around me, they didn't work. They all mm -hmm. thought I should stay at home. And that's when it was like, you start judging yourself. Am I a bad mom? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> or do I, do I want somebody else to raise my child? Like it was like, I want to work, but I want, I just, I was very fortunate that I found the best of both worlds, even though I was still, I still fell down the well multiple times, you know, over those 25 years, like I still wasn't figuring it out. And that was sort of when you come around to, you think you've got it all planned out, like the people that think they've got it, I'm going to get married by this age, I'm going to have a child at this age, I'm going to do this and this and this. And then, you know, a wrench gets thrown in and that can, that can break them because they're so, I had a brother who was very depressed when he turned, I think it was 25 or maybe it was 30, maybe 25. And he was just, he said, I'm not where I, where I plan to be. I'm not, I'm not there. And I said, but that's okay. You don't, you know, there is no timing. We don't have to be a certain place. I started over many times in my right. life. I literally started over again in my fifties. I'm like a brand new, brand new kid. I'm starting over now. So, and, and I think that's kind of fun because I, sure. you know, I can go have fun. I can do what I want. I don't know when, you know, I just don't have, I, I've lost the self-judgment finally. <laughs> Took a long time. Well, and, you know, and when you mention your brother, um, it's the expectations that he's hearing from everybody around him, most yes. likely. This is who you're supposed to be by now. You're 25 years old. You should be, you know, earning a good living. You should be going forward on some path. And if you don't see yourself doing that, then you feel like, what is wrong with me? Um, we went through that recently with my son who uh his whole life he's wanted to be in sports and uh he was working for uh the cleveland guardians for five years and he loved what he was doing but he wasn't going anywhere they kept telling him they wanted to move him up but those spots just weren't available and he'd come home at the end of the day and he'd say to me what's wrong with me you know I'm going to be 30. I'm going to be 31. And I still don't have that path. And then finally, sort of behind our backs, he started researching what he could do. And he found a job and he moved out of the house and moved out of the state. And um, he's doing well. But as he'll say to me every once in a while, mom, I'm 33 and I just found myself. And I said, you know what, Alex? I didn't find lucky. myself until I was in my 50s. Okay. <laughs> A lot of us are still looking. <laughs> exactly. And as you said, that's sort of the fun of life because you can recreate who you want to be. Yeah. And so many people get stuck and they say, well, this is what I studied. This is what I have to do. And it's like, no, you don't. You have a choice. You all have a choice. I mean, you have to pay bills and there are certain things you need to do. But even something you mentioned about your husband, when he was literally told that he couldn't make a living doing what he had studied, and then he took that on as his mindset. I can't do it here. If somebody said to him, you can do anything. You've got, you've got great talent. You've got your education. You can do anything anywhere. Don't let anyone tell you you can't. Because he just, you just close it off and like that whole energetic thing like you just you can attract it if you're willing to believe that it's possible right so it's just really I think that's really really cool when somebody can tell you no one can predict even if someone says you can't buy a house in this market it's a terrible market you know or you can't afford that or you can't well 
that's what you think, then that's what's going to happen, right? Exactly. You don't find the way to get to that point. And sometimes the thing that you think you want, whether it be the car, the house, the job, um, as you're trying to reach for it, sometimes you see, wait a second, that's not what I really want. You know, maybe I can take this other path. Let me see what's down there. Um, I know um, a number of years ago, my husband said to me, you know, really, when we retire, you know, what I'd literally like to do is get a small van and travel around the United States. And I said, oh, that's a nice, nice idea. I said, um, but, you know, you're going to do all the driving because he doesn't like the way I drive. I said, so, <laughs> you know, keep that in mind as we travel around the United States, you're going to do the, all the driving. I was like, hmm, do I really want to do that? Okay. <laughs> so we started looking at different ways that we could enjoy travel or seeing different things. And we just sort of made it a point that once a month, we're going to get up in the morning and there is so much to see around here in Ohio. We're going to start locally. And you know what? It's not that much of a drive for him. And we're doing some of the things that he really wants to do. And now it's like, what can we find next week to do? <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's the attitude that you need. Because if not, if you say, well, hey, I can't afford the van and I don't want to do all the driving, you know, then I can't do this. And it was like, no, you can. And we do it in our car, yeah. not in a van. And we're just happy doing it. Yeah. And if it's something that you want to do too, because you exactly. want to third in the yeah. equation, right? So, yeah. And it's, and it's interesting because you're not looking, you're not thinking about what am I going to do next year, next month? Now it's next week. What yeah. am I going to do next week? And even exactly. some people who say, you know, I didn't do anything today. I had a terrible day. I, it was, you know, and I'm a loser. I'm, I'm, I can't do anything right. How about let's get up tomorrow and say, here's a new day. Let's see, let's see what we can do with today. You know, exactly. like don't already get up with the expectation that you've blown it, you know, and even when people like lose a job and I was a recruiter for seven years um, and I, I would see people that just were just devastated when they lost a job. I said, Hey, you know what? You dodged a bullet. Just, just know that that wasn't meant for you and let's get you to something better because I don't think people realize that when they're in a rut or they're in something and they're holding and gripping it so hard because they're so afraid to let go of it. And then it gets taken away. And then they're like, oh, I, 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 I don't know what to do with them. A relationship is another one. I, you know, finally, when I, when my marriage ended after 25 years, I, I, I was really happy. Everyone said that I was going to be depressed. And I said, oh no, I've already done the depression bit. I've already done it. And I was really happy. And I think he was happier too. I think we were just not meant to be together that long. We, we had a wonderful daughter and we had some great times and then it just died. And, and we just didn't acknowledge it for another 15 years, but you know, regardless, there are people that just kind of they, they get to a certain point in their life and they say, oh, well, I'm done. I, you know, there's nothing left in me. I'll just watch Netflix and hang out for the rest of my life. And I'm like, you could live for, you know, another 20 or 30 years. Is that what you want? You know, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I was a guest on a podcast yesterday and we were talking about basically the same conversation, 
basically reinventing ourselves after a job loss, marriage, uh, even an illness. And I said, we can do that at any age. And uh, the gentleman says to me, well, no, that's not true. We don't have the same abilities at 50 that we had at 25 or 60 that we had at 30. And I said, you're right. I have more abilities. And I truly do believe that because when I was 25 years old, I didn't have enough confidence in myself, you know? And so I went for jobs that I really thought, okay, I can do this with very little training, but if I get training, then I'll get better. But as I got to be into my fifties, it was like, I'm tired of doing what I only the things that I think I can do. I need to venture out, you know, and I was taught by my parents, you know, don't make mistakes because people don't like it when you make mistakes. But something clicked in my head and was like, I'm not going to call them mistakes anymore. I'm going to just call them challenges. And if I don't get it right, I can't be afraid to ask somebody how to do it either their way or what is considered the right way. I've got to learn. Yeah. It then opened up my life completely. Yeah. So what really changed for you? You got a, your marriage ended. Now what? How did you really look in the mirror and say, okay, I know who I want to be next? <laughs> well, it was interesting because, you know, I left my marriage, but that that wasn't that wasn't all of it, you know, or like, so I had my independence. I sort of learned because I had never lived alone for all of those years. My daughter was away at school and coming back and forth. So I, I had that time alone, which was really great. I wasn't lonely at all. <laughs> I, was, I loved it. I, even some of my girlfriends were like, oh, you're living, you're living the dream. So um, my work was not quite where I wanted it to go. So I changed my job and I ended up going from the frying pan to the fire. In, the, in that aspect and I went shoot okay that didn't that wasn't right and at the time I didn't know you know I'm learning lessons and this is all important to me you, you, you always seem to get that in hindsight right so now I love to tell people when they're in the weeds I'm like this is important for you just in you know go with it and let's figure it out um but and then it, this sort of spiritual journey kicked in, which was interesting because when I was going through depression, people were saying, you know, you should read Louise Tay, you should listen to Wayne, you should do all these things. And these people are helpful. And I'm like, I don't know. I can't do it. I can't do it. I wasn't, I wasn't ready. So when I was ready, it's, I sort of opened up to it. And then I knew, I kind of always knew, I think, or not always, but for many years that I wanted to be a life coach, that I wanted to help people. I'd had multiple life experiences I was always on teams when I was in my business. I was always working with people and supporting them. And I just knew there was something there. But then there was the spiritual aspect that I could bring into that that really just made it fly for me. And that just, it just lights me up, right? It just makes me feel alive. And it makes me feel like I'm finally aligned with who I'm supposed to be. It's not perfect. And even when people have the right job and the right partner and the great kids and all that, and then they still come to me and say, there's something missing. I don't know what it is. And it's like, you could be aligned. You could have the perfect job and the right place and you're living in the right place, but there's just still a little bit. And mostly what I found is that's 
the, the blocks that you've sort of developed over lifetimes. You, you're kind of carrying baggage around and you're right. still carrying some stuff around that you need to get rid of. So that's sort of where I, you know, where I really found that I'm, I'm just, I'm happy. I'm happy working with people. And, and I still live, you know, I still live alone. I have a partner, but I still live by myself and I do a lot of zoom and, and I'm quite fine with that. I'm not, you know, people say, are you lonely? I'm like, no, no, I am not lonely. <laughs> Sometimes I am alone, but I am not lonely. Well, in our society has sort of taught us, you know, you get to a certain age, you find a partner and you live out your life with that partner. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know when, um, in my first marriage, it lasted just a little over seven years. And when I was getting divorced, um, my parents didn't want to say they were happy, but they were happy. Okay. They didn't get along very well with my husband at the time. And my husband didn't get along with them. And so it was just a tough situation for the time that we were together. And when they finally said to me they were happy, I looked at my parents and I said, you knew it wasn't a good relationship from the beginning. Why didn't you tell me? And my mother said, I did, but you weren't ready to listen. So it made no difference what we said. You had to go through this experience. And all these years later, I look back and I'm glad I went through the experience because it taught me that I chose love and marriage because all my friends were choosing it. Right. And I think that's what he did as well. Now, luckily we have a wonderful son from that union and we both love him and care about him and we do it separately and it's all right. Mm -hmm. But people even said to me right after when I, when we were going through the divorce, so do you think you'll marry someday? And my initial answer was <laughs> no. And then when I met my current husband, we're going to be married 39 years in February. I said to oh. him, you know, I don't ever think I want to be married. And he said, whatever. And then one day he proposed to me and he said, let's try it. If it doesn't work, we can always get a divorce. <laughs> And it was that casual. I like that. We knew we were there for each other. We knew yeah. we were best friends. But yet I can still be alone with him in the house and not lonely. And yeah. I that's what people have to learn. Yeah, because in my marriage, I was alone and lonely. And we were in the house together. And that was that was heartbreaking. That was when I knew there's no way there's no love in this house. Why am I here? It was a nice big house, very fancy, you know, whatever. I lived in, moved into a much smaller place and I downsized again. And now I'm in a little tiny apartment and it's totally perfectly fine. You know, it's just not about the stuff anymore. Right. I think I right. went three years of the stuff and that's when we were happy when we were buying stuff together, we were spending money, we were getting into debt. You know, we just, Somehow that made us happy. And then when that all went away, it wasn't, we weren't able to do it anymore. Then it kind of crumbled. But I was in the same situation. My parents were not quite sure about my husband. He was nine years older and it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great. And I didn't hear it. 
but you know, we still were together for a long, long time. And when we ended up separating, my mom was more worried that I was going to be lonely that can I do it on my own because I have four siblings and everyone's married everyone's married my parents were married for 60 years like it's you just don't understand what it's like to not be in that right situation and we're seeing more and more people today finding that they can still be in a relationship but they can be alone as well and I think that's such a healthy way of looking at life um, and I'm grateful for my, my husband that he understands that there are days that I'll just look at him and go, not today. And I need, and I need my time and he'll do the same thing with me and it's nothing against each other. And typically we're still in the house. Okay. But I may be here in the office working. He may be in his office working. He may be sitting and just, you know, binge watching TV for the day. But we need to take that personal time to refuel ourselves. And it sounds it's very, like that's what you do. Yeah, it's a very loving, honest way to have a relationship. You don't have to be joined at the hip. And I think our parents, like generations, like you, when a spouse would die and the other one would die shortly after because they, they had spent, you know, so little time apart. They really right. didn't have... That was literally their second half. When you say that, you know, where's your other half? That literally is what they thought. And now we can actually be two independent people and come together and have some fun and have that union. But then that's three relationships. You have your relationship with yourself. He has with his or her. And then you have your relationship together. And I like to think of it that way. It's three different things going on. Just, you know. So how do your clients find you? Because, you know, I keep hearing this since I decided to uh, start my own coaching. People say to me, well, how do I choose a coach? And how do I know, Karen, you're any good? And my comment is, number one, for my, for my clients, like many other coaches out there, I do a one-hour free session. And a lot of that is just communicating us back and forth, sharing stories to see if we're compatible. Um, yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I've said to somebody, you know what, I don't think I'm right for you, but I'm going to find you a list of people that you can follow through with. Um, and I also find out that sometimes we need more than one coach because different sure. things that we need to talk about. And one, we feel very comfortable with talking about this. The other one, we feel more comfortable talking about that. So Talk to us a little bit about your clients. So um, I have a website, lifeguidecoaching.ca, and I like to think of myself as a life guide. So I'm not doing the work. I'm literally guiding you through the work. Um, and mine is different. And it actually complements other coaching and other healing things that you might be doing on your spiritual journey, because I'm just removing. I'm going in and I'm removing the blocks. So I'm telling you, Here's the spiritual energetic blocks that are coming up for you in past lives and, and present lifetimes. Let's talk about those and let's remove those. And so if someone's going to a therapist for you know many years and they said, I still can't figure out what, what it is. If I'm able to pinpoint, okay, you had a traumatic event when you were in your 20s, here's the things that are showing up. So then they can take that and, and you know debrief it and go through it more with that coach if they prefer. 
um, they can continue with me and we can uncover it's like an onion. You're peeling back blocks and you're re returning things. And and one of my clients said to me, which I didn't even realize at the beginning when we started working together, she said, I like working with you because I don't have to ask the questions. You literally tell me what's going on. I don't have to come up with my my blocks or my limiting beliefs. I'm like, I'm going to tell you what they are because your soul is going to tell me through the Akashic Records what's going on. So, so I like that aspect. And I think People just find me mostly by word of mouth because it's sort of like, you you know, and probably you too, right? They need to experience you. They need to get to know you. They need to trust you. Um, and I do like to chat with people ahead of time. Sometimes I always say, don't give me too much information because I like, I like to let the records tell me what's relevant for you. Like I like to, to bring that information forward. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. So it's really, really great. So another question that came up in this podcast that I was doing, um, the question was, how can you help somebody who really is in their 50s, 60s, or 70s? Because aren't they looking at life at the end? And my comment back was, I'm still going forward. When I get to the end, I will have died. So I don't know when that is. I don't have to look at that. All I have to do is keep going forward. And that keeps me, and I, I hate to use the word young, but in some ways that's what keeps me young because I keep learning. I keep communicating. So do you have people who, come to you and say, hey, can't teach an old dog new tricks. And that's exactly <laughs> what he said to me. <laughs> of course, of course. I've even worked with people in their 60s, 70s. Even I worked with, I think, one woman in her 80s. And it was mostly from that perspective, it was to let go of some of the stuff that she'd been dragging around. It was making her exhausted. And she was replaying her life over and over. And I should have done this. And why didn't I do that? And what? You know, so you just want to be able to let go of that and then enjoy what's what's the rest of your life. And and even people have said, you know, you you are an artist, like your soul personality, your gift, you're an artist. So where where is that coming from? And then I hear, oh, I took it in school 20 years ago, but I just I just didn't pursue it. It's like, well, what, how could you now express that gift? Do you have some time now? Well, what could you do? And then I'll go to take an art class and they'll just will just open up and I'll say, you know what, just make, just open a crack. Just, <laughs> just do one little thing. You don't have to change your entire life. If you're not aligned, you just need to sort of express your gift a little bit and then see how that opens up. Cause someone might say, I have a poor relationship with my children. I'll say, okay, let's just put that aside for the moment. And let's, let's work on you. Let's focus on you. Because as I tell lots of people, you can't make yourself sad enough to make someone else happy. You just have to work on yourself and then people will come along or people will not come along. And quite often kids are worried about their parents. When we get to this age, I know my daughter is like, you know, are you okay, mom? You know, cause she, she lives in South Korea now. So I don't, she's my only. So I, you know, her dad passed away and I said, and my dad passed away. There was a whole lot that went on <laughs> last year and a half. And I'm gonna, I can tell you from the work that I've done, I was stable enough to manage all of that stuff. 
and not freak out. Like I didn't, I'm surprised. <laughs> Many people were surprised that I freak out. So, you know, and, and I think that's, you've got to show your kids and the people around you that you're good, that you have a lot of joy and a lot of life left to live until the end. My dad was in his rocking chair. He'd been, he was 94 and he just, he just left. And it was the most beautiful departure, even yeah. though it was shocking. It was the most beautiful departure. He and Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. That is my dad's song. And whenever I sing it, I cry like crazy because he just did everything. He did his life his way. And that's what I want too. And that's what I, it's my new mantra. <laughs> I, did it well, my I think it's a phenomenal way to live. Um, because if I would have held on to my old beliefs, when I was in my fifties, um, I think I'd be dressing like my grandmother who uh, <laughs> came over from Europe and I don't think ever changed her outfits. And she wore the same style. Her or the hair, mom. the hair yeah. is always the same. <laughs> you know, and um, I remember saying to my mother one day that, you know, grandma always looked old. And yeah. my mother said, because my mother was the seventh child. And she said, yeah, she looked old to me as well. And yet her mother was in her thirties when she had my mom. So was, she wasn't really old, but she had struggled in Russia. They, you know, they came across by, you know, ship and didn't have uh, the fancy passage on the ship. Um, and then, you know, they landed in New York and then from New York, they went to Michigan. And so her life was, was tough. And that was part of her growing old. Plus she took care of her kids, but she didn't have really a life outside of her children. And right. so we now see those differences. And my mother made a big point of being different than her mother. Um, well, that and I find the same thing as much as, my mother means so much to me and uh, losing her was, you know, a big stab in the heart. There's all those wonderful things that she gave me and mm -hmm. I can then move on. And hopefully I'm teaching those to my sons as well, because they appear to be really good people. And I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. And I think as future generations, we're going to start looking at the children differently, teaching them children, hopefully differently and letting them develop their gifts and letting them dream. I mean, my daughter's over in South Korea, like she's going to be fabulous and famous. I don't even know what she's doing, what she's dreamed of doing. And I said, that is all I want. I want you to be happy. And I want you to, you know, align, express your gifts and just have fun and don't worry about the nurses and the people that have chosen a career and it's very linear. That's not you. So that's okay. And it's Absolutely. not. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. So how can our listeners find you? So I'm at lifeguidecoaching.ca is my website and uh, at lifeguidecoaching um, for Instagram and, you know, YouTube and all that. Um, and I also have a, a couple of guides. So if you do lifeguidecoaching.ca slash guide, I have a, a free guide on how to be more authentic, to be your more authentic self. And then if you do slash relationships, it's a little bit of information on how to evaluate your relationship and, and to find love again. 
So I did that in my 50s and I'd like to see other people if that's what they want. I'd love to help them do that too. Absolutely. Well, all that information will be in the show notes. So for those of you listening, don't say, I didn't catch it. I mean, you can rewind (laughs) this if you want, but (laughs) everything will be in the show notes. And Marilyn, I have to say, thank you so much for being part of my day today. Um, I am taking a class this afternoon on um, grief and um, I know I'm going to walk into it a little differently, which um, I think is going to be very helpful for me because we all experience grief and um, it's real. And so make a change in your life and go forward and find that thing that makes you happy. Yeah. Fantastic, Karen. Thanks again so much. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.